family, the bedrock of society, an important influence to children that helps shape in their perspective of life as they grow up. It helps in building their confidence, shaping their beliefs, values, and more importantly, helps them to become what God has ordained them to be. The dynamics of the family circle cannot be overemphasized. It plays a key role in our social interactions as adults and as children. And because of its domino effect in our lives, we need to pay attention to it and be heavily invested in building a healthy, strong family with the goal of raising better children, building healthy relationships between spouses, but more importantly, in building a better society across all nations. Get ready to explore and learn with Pastor Fumi Alawale on the subject of family dynamics and its impact in our lives. Good day, everyone. Uh, it's good to be back on Family Dynamics with Pastor Fumi. Um, we, we're starting a new series, and um, I believe that this will help everybody both the people looking on to getting married or the married, whether old marriages or even newly married. I believe this will help every one of us. And so please be blessed as we continue. Um, the series we are starting today is Building Your Marriage. Building Your Marriage. And today we are going to be looking at ideas for enhancing your marriage, part one. I don't want to rush it because uh, I have so many points. So ideas for enhancing your marriage, part one. Uh, before we start, I'll just read Ephesians 5, 21, I mean 22 to 31 quickly. is one of the most common scriptures that is read during marriage ceremony. And uh, I want us to listen carefully and it will minister to you. This is the instruction about marriage from God. Wives, submit your own, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, as also Christ is the head of the church, and he is the savior of the body. Therefore, just as the church is subject to Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave, gave himself for her, that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word, that he might present her to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she should be holy and without blemish. So husbands ought to love their own wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, just as the Lord does the church. For we are members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bones. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. Holy Spirit, you are the teacher. We take, we give, we give, we ask you to take it over from us. Minister to every one of us. Let there be a turnaround in marriages so that your name will be glorified through our marriages. Give us a heart of understanding and help us not to be hearers only, but doers of the word. Thank you, Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So from that scripture, we're going to be looking at ideas for enhancing our marriages, and this is part one. Um, 
it's very, very critical for us to look at ways and what we need to do to enhance the well-being of our marriages. This is so key. We're in a, in a way surrounded by failed or failing marriages. We have them around us as friends. We have them around us as families. And uh, we, we, we are supposed to learn from the experiences of others. So we recognize that difficulties do exist in marriages, maybe due to many reasons. First of all, two people from different backgrounds, different upbringing coming together in marriage. And apart from all those other reasons why marriages break, there is also the fact that the devil is working or waging serious attacks on marriages, especially Christian marriages as well. And if, however, as Christians, as children of God, we are submissive to the word of God, which is the manual for living, the grace for godly character is on the inside of us. We carry the seed of God and the Holy Spirit, our enabler, lives on the inside of us. So we could just live he makes it easy for us to live just as Jesus did, loving us in spite of who we are. So the few things that we are going to be looking at today, uh, maybe the first thing we need to do is important that we make an effort at our marriage. You need to make an effort at your marriage. Nothing just happens. It's not, it's not uh, good marriages don't drop from heaven somebody work at it and there is a law in physics the law of entropy and thermodynamics states all natural process tends to go from order to disorder which means many processes have a, have a preferred natural direction let's for example look at a teenager's room maybe at the end at the beginning of the week or the weekend the mother and say come let's sort out of your room and the room is neatly sorted well arranged go and check it by the end of the week it's scattered all over again so there's something that happens the whole room will be scattered we see this is a common phenomenon in and around us as people it's common to everybody and the application of these laws to our lives is uh, it means left to themselves things do tend to fall apart if nothing is done about anything no matter how good that thing is at the beginning there is always the tending to fall apart so we call this the principle of built-in negative tendency so it applies to marriages as well as much as to anything else so in marriage it's therefore important that we know that there is a negative spiritual and psychological force that could drag marriage down and is if it's not constantly opposed so it's dragging it down so if nothing is done it's a matter of time the marriage will be dragged down so that's why we need to look for ways that we can constantly oppose those negative uh, forces those spiritual and psychological forces that tend to drag marriage down as much as we know from the Bible, God is interested in every aspect of marriage. We saw that in Malachi 3.15. God is interested. He said his spirit inhabits even the little, little aspect of marriage. But as, that's, as good as that is, <laughs> the devil is also 
looking for a way to pull down, to steal, to kill, and destroy. The only mission it does on the surface of the earth is to steal, to kill, and to destroy. So he's looking to do that because he knows that if and if the marriage is good, the society will be good. And as it is, marriage is foundational to building a good society. And that's why he's always fighting marriage. He started fighting from the beginning. You know, if we remember the story of Adam and Eve. So nothing just happens. There is no greener pasture anywhere. The pasture that is green in your neighbor's yard or house is just because that person has had enough time to tender their grass. Uh, my neighbor, the only thing she does, she's retired and no child, nothing, nobody is with her. So she's alone by herself. So wake up in the morning, she's tending her grass. You see her garden, beautiful, but mine is not the same. So there is no greener pasture anywhere. It's the time you put into it that makes it look better than any other person. So there is the need for us to put effort into building our marriage. That we need to invest time and work from both parties. It's not just the woman's duty. It's not just the man's duty. It's both people, both parties, both parties working together to make sure that their marriage is built. All marriages, whether young, whether old or mid-age, we all need maintenance. If you buy a house, no matter how beautiful it is at the beginning, if you don't maintain it, it goes down. So that's the same thing that happens with marriage. A lot of time we put so much effort into our careers than we put into marriages. If we can even put a third of effort that we put in our career into our marriages, we'll be smiling all the way and the Lord will help us. So the kind of love that Jesus showed us from that scripture that we read is sacrificial. This is the command to love. And God gave that command to the man. You don't love not when things are going on fine. You don't love her because she's good. You don't love her because she gives you what you want. You love her in spite of who she is. And in the Bible sense, the love the husband should have for his wife is sacrificial. And that's what God dis, uh, expects us to do. And what are the things by ways by which we can show love? There is a book, uh, The Five Languages, the five love languages talks about different aspects. So if as a couple or a person planning to get married, I encourage everyone to read that book. You are able to understand the love language of your spouse and then you are able to, you know, fill it in. You know, some, sometimes you may have to do some extra chores to help your spouse around the house. It could be giving up your favorite TV program to help your spouse with some project it could sometimes bind to their wish wishes and also it could be spending time listening to one another so however the good news is not that marriage is always hard work we have to keep doing you no know, it's like cr cross-country race i remember when we did that in secondary school you know sometimes you get to a place where you have to climb sometimes you have to push because sometimes you have to just keep trying but you get to another point you get to a place where you are descending and something is just pushing you and that's a good place so such occurs in marriage marriages as well and we just need to take you know make sure that we work and do the best for our marriages so the second thing that is important is makes the success of your marriage your main priority. 
in the world today, a lot of things clamor for our attention. How our job, career, house chores, care of the children. So that if you are not careful, if care is not taken, the marriage union can be put aside. A lot of time as mothers, example in, in, in relation to care of the children. Because okay, you got married, you're in love, first year, second year, children start coming. The tendency is for you to neglect your husband in the in the fear of looking for after your children. And this we continue to do. So if something is not put in place, the more you care for your children and neglect your husband, the greater the gap that is created between the two. And that's why I, I had a friend, uh, but after 25 years of marriage, the man just left the house one day and went with the secretary. And the woman said, I didn't realize, I didn't even know anything was wrong. And I discovered that this was when the last child left the home. So we cannot use our children as an excuse, as a, as an excuse not to relate with one another as husband and wife. So whatever it will take, we need to make, you know, ourselves, the spouse, your spouse, make her your priority. It's the main priority in the face of everything demanding for your attention. So, so important. Even though I know the need, uh, we need to be totally committed to our career. But a failed marriage, with all its odds, stresses, and devastating consequences, will shake anyone to the foundation. So it's better you be, when you have a good home, you can have a good career. It, it, it will help you. It will go a long way to help you. So make your home uh, your number one priority. And sometimes as Christians, we think, oh, God is my number one priority, especially for those of us in ministry. We tend to face ministry. And I want to let you know that your family is your number one, is your first ministry, is your first church. I say to my husband, if after all that we do, we are not able to get our children to the knowledge of Christ. We're not able to present them before God and say, these are the children you've given me. We are failed in ministry. And so let's remember that we need to make our home our number one priority. And um, if your home, you know that scripture, in, I think it's First Peter also, also or Timothy, that say, it is expected of a man of God to be able to build his home. If you can, don't have control over your home, how will you control the church of God? So we as Christians, our home should be, it should be able to carry the praise of God. It should be able to, we should be able to show the world the reality of our faith by our marriages. So God will help us in the name of Jesus. What can we do to make this happen? Just take positive action to keep your marriage as your main priority. Your home, as I said, is your first ministry, your first church. Spend time, make spending time with your spouse your main concern. Don't just run up and down, go to this, go to that, and neglect your home. Talk together, sit together, especially if you are if you are both busy people. Continue to date each other as you did during courtship. Plan for your dating. Put it in your diaries. Make appointments with one another and make it unbreakable no matter what it takes. I remember when our last son was leaving the house, so it occurred to me that ah, 
It will not be both of us in the house. Nobody else. I told my husband, I said, all this you're going and coming late. You need to, we need to look at a time. You need to, even if you want to phone people, you want to cancel people, come and sit in the house so that I know you are there. So we, we made up our mind at that time and we chose a particular day where it is our evening together. And that has helped us a, a, a great deal. Bring your marriage into your decision making. So, so important. Ask questions. What impact with this decision I'm about to make have on my marriage relationship? It's also very key to evaluate all the activities that you do. Is it going out with your friends? Going out with colleagues at work? Going out or sports or hobbies or whatever or TV program that you like to watch? Ask yourself, is this having a negative or positive effect on my marriage? And if it does have negative effect, then something has to be done. Also, it's important that you don't allow pressure to push you apart, but rather bind you together. One way or the other, there will be things that will create pressure in our relationship. It may be work demands, it may be health, it may be financial constraints, it may even be children. No matter the situation we find ourselves, we should not allow such problems to separate us, but instead to bring us closer together. When we work together as one, okay, we don't have enough money. Talk about it. Pray about it. Things will get better. It's a matter of time. So we should not allow things to push us aside. And I tell people, the best place where prayer of agreement works is in marital relationship. You can pray about it because you love each other. You want it to be well with one another. Don't give room for the possibility of failure. A lot of times these days, people say, if it's good, I stay. If it's not good, I walk out. <laughs> no. That shouldn't be our attitude. Make the success of your marriage a reality. If it is possible, the two of you sit together before marriage. Say, you know what? This marriage must work. No turning back, no divorce, no affair. Affair is not an option. God will help you. It's, it, it's, if there is anything, you know, somebody said in any conflict, people with one eye on the exit usually lose out. So a commitment to success and a refusal to allow the possibility of failure is vital in marriage. So it's making a statement of determination that no matter what, this will succeed or we, try, we, continue, we die trying. And the Lord will watch out for those and establish it. Another important thing is cel celebrate your achievements in marriage. It is always important to remember where you're coming from, how far God has brought you, what you have achieved so far. We kind of serve as an encouragement to you to keep working on your marriage, thinking the best is yet to come. So, you know, when you're running a long race, you think of how many laps you have completed, and that encourages you to keep going. People are cheering you up, keep going, keep going, because how far you have to go is shorter than how far you've been coming. So when you're able to sit down, it will go a long way to help you. Keep records of how far God has brought you. Count your blessings. Recently, a few years down the line, somebody came and talked about how you can 
write down what God did. And when I started writing down, most of the time I just, I just cry. I just say, God, you have done so much. And that gives me boldness to say, it is if God did that in the past, what the devil is trying now is minimal. And I could praise God for my future. So celebrate wedding anniversaries. These are days that are difficult for marriages, difficult days for marriages. So if God has helped you to achieve 15, to achieve 10, to be five years in wedding anniversary, celebrate it. It's a celebration of survival against hostile fire. So, so important. Once a marriage loses its past, then its future is threatened. The more we count the blessings we have, the less we crave for the luxuries we haven't. So let's keep counting our blessing, and it will surprise us what the Lord has done. And lastly, on this episode, take initiative. Take the initiative. It's better to be proactive than retroactive in marriage and to take action sooner than later. When you take initiative, you are fighting against the trend of drifting. Because when you drift, you are either going nowhere or heading for the rocks. So it's better to, to take initiative. And taking initiative could be positive or negative. I, I, I think the, the positive one may be more subtle because this involves having a purpose and a direction to your marriage and setting goals for yourself. Ask questions. What, what is it that we want to achieve in this marriage? Why is it that God has brought to brought us together? What do we want to become later in life? As, and as Christians, God, our God is a God of purpose. There is more to love life than marriage, have children, work, work, work. There's something that God brought us together for. And that is what is the purpose of our marriage. Pray about it and let God minister to you and help you. And the negative way is to Look for hazard ahead and plan for them. E.g., you know that, okay, my, my wife is pregnant. That will take nine months. So there'll be loss of earnings. There'll be increased in cost because that's an additional somebody to the family. And there'll be change in social life where you, both of you can just carry your bag and go. You need to think of all the things you need to carry for that travel. So plan ahead of time. Also, both of both. Or both of, both of you or one of the partners could be heading for a new and busy jobs. Planning and putting things into diary evenings together will help a long way to be proactive against what could have happened that will affect the marriage. And another important one is retirement. When you know that, okay, we are getting to that age of retirement, financially and psychologically, what can we do? Spend time together to think about it. Look for a way to prepare for it. And if possible, pray about it. One of my, the boys in my house did a driving test recently. And um, one of the skills in doing driving tests that you need to learn is to be able to read the road ahead and anticipate danger long enough before it happens. So in, in marriage, we need that skill as well. You need to be able to say, oh, what is coming on, or what is going on ahead of me? And this skill will go a long way to help us in marriage relationship. Let's be proactive, let's take initiative, and we see God helping us. I hope you've been blessed today. Uh, we will continue on this um, enhancing our uh, 
ideas for enhancing our marriage in the next episode that will be part two i hope you've been blessed please stay good stay 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 happy stay active and the lord help us and prosper us this week in the name of jesus the lord bless you have a beautiful day it's good to be back with you god bless you